Now we're in the second week within our series about being called to be a disciple. And in this series, we're looking at how the disciples and especially the apostles, those 12 who were called to be close to Jesus and also those that were planning churches and talking about the rule and reign of God in that early church time, we're going to look at those people and find out what it means to be called to be a disciple. It will help us to explore how God is calling each and every one of us today to be a disciple. God is always specifically calling us to make an impact in our world. Just as Jesus called the disciples to follow him, we too are being called today to be disciples. It's not a generic call, it's, a, it's an individual, it's a specific, it's a call to each and every one of us to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. So over the weeks, as we look at the various disciples, the apostles and the characters around Jesus, let us understand that God is calling our lives to be a disciple as well. Last week, we, we kicked off the series by looking at the call of Simon, often called Peter. Have you actually noticed that quite a few of the disciples, those around Jesus, had had other names, you know, they had their first name then and then they had others, you know, Simon the Zealot or Matthew the Tax Collector. I want to ask you, do you have another name, not a middle name, but something more like a nickname? Who's got a nickname? Caleb the Stubborn. Caleb the Stubborn, there you go. <laughs> Maybe. Nick? Nico. Nico, there we go. Max. That's... Completely different. Actually, I remember doing a wedding once um, when I was in, out in Broken Hill, and I actually had to ask what the guy, the groom's name was, because it was just like that, you know, a completely other name. Everybody knew him as one name, and they said, "Oh, do we have to use my real name?" I said, "Actually, yes, I do," but um, but yeah. So it's like those, you know, funny things, you know, nicknames. You know, I, I've, I've had a nickname, it's a bit of an old nickname for very, very long, um, Mr. Lemming. You don't laugh too much, you know. Um, not certain what that can kind of conveys about me, um, and I'm not sure what the person that actually gave it, sorry, little furry creature that runs in packs and, you know, in migration seasons jumps off cliffs and swims to another continent, you know. Um, that's a lemming. It's an Arctic vole, you know, something like that. Um, you learn new stuff at church. You learn new stuff at church. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it was just like a kind of funny name to Mr. Lee Lemming kind of trying to get things together, but I'm just not sure how it all went. But it's stuck. But, you know, names convey meanings, don't they, sometimes? And as we, as we look at, you know, um, the disciples today, the disciple I want us to focus on didn't really have a nickname, didn't really have that other name. But we could actually say that, you know, um, he's a kind of, he was one of the first disciples. We could say that he was kind of like an evangelist. 
Okay, now the disciple that we're actually going to look at today is, is Andrew, which is actually the brother of Simon. You know, and, and Andrew's name actually does give us a little bit of a, a little bit of a background into who he was before he met Jesus. You know, um, Andrew is actually a Greek name, and in the Greek it means manly. So Andrew's the manly man. Can you kind of understand that? You know, Andrew's that manly man, you know. He came from Galilee and where he was actually a fisherman. Um, but we also know something else. And we'll, we'll pick this up in our reading from the Bible today from John's Gospel. But he was also a follower of John the Baptist. You know, we can actually think of the meaning behind Andrew's name as, you know, you know when you're a parent and you're trying to choose your kid's name, um, some of us think about names in lots of different ways. And I, and I think for many people, they want to convey a, a sense of meaning and purpose and an understanding of what, what their child might become I, in the future. So, you know and, I, and I would say, you know, Andrew's parents was kind of going, well, he might be the manly man of the family. And so we're going to call him Andrew. Anybody ever thought of calling their kid something like that? You know, a name that has a certain meaning? Apart from just, you know, picking a name that you can stand at the back door and yell and it sounds okay, but you're just having a, you know, to get them to come in or do something, you know, and I think we don't ever think about those kind of things when we're naming things. But, you know, um, I'm sure his parents actually had great hopes for Andrew and therefore gave him a name that had a bit of meaning and purpose to it. Then again, they might have just liked Andrew, you know? Don't really know. The other thing that's actually interesting that we really kind of need to take note of is Andrew's name is actually um, Greek in origin. It's not Aramaic. It's not from the language of the, the Hebrew language of the people there. But his brother, Simon, his name was actually Aramaic. So you've got parents naming their child, one child Aramaic and another one Greek and it kind of gives you an understanding of the society they were living in in that there was a very mixed culture of Greek and Gentile and Jewish cultures together and so it wasn't just one culture over the other it was this mix of that and it's like today we have such a mix of cultures and, and names have significance within various cultures that we mix but all of these aside you know I want to focus today on another aspect of Andrew, rather than just his name, uh, that's going to help us in our discipleship journey. You know, just because you know, um, when we look at the at Andrew, um, tradition would, you know, church tradition would actually give him um, Andrew the first to follow. You know, the first called is often the tradition that we have for for Andrew, one of the twelve apostles. So let's actually hear what his call is like when, in, in John's Gospel. And it's from John chapter 1. And we're going to go from verse 29 through to 42. The next day when, Jesus, when, when John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. Can you see? John's a little bit more complicated in, in his language when he uses but it's more theological and, and in depth. But he's, he's saying here is, here is the Messiah, the one who is before me and the one who will come after me. It's a proclamation of who he is. 
I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptized with I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descend like a dove from heaven and rest upon him. So he's testifying about who Jesus is. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Here's John's testimony that Jesus is the Messiah, the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. And as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, that is Jesus, look, there is the Lamb of God. So he's actually saying, there is the one, there is the Messiah, there is the chosen one. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following him. And asked, what do you want? He asked them. And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, now this is really interesting. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of those men who heard what John had said to them and followed Jesus. So it was actually Andrew, Simon's brother, there was a disciple of John the Baptist that heard the proclamation of John the Baptist saying, this is the Messiah, and he decided that he would then follow, find out about him, go and stay with Jesus where he was staying and listen to him. And then Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we've found the Messiah. He then he goes, he goes, we've found the Messiah, which means Christ. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Kephas, which means Peter. Now, what you see here is that the reality is, is that while Andrew was following John the Baptist, who was already in this mode of hearing and trying to seek and understand who God is and trying to get that as part of his life. He'd repented as, as John had called people to do. And when he heard that Jesus was the Messiah, he got up and followed him. He listened to him. And then he brings his brother. See, it's really interesting when you think about, about actually Andrew. Rather than calling him the first, which, yes, he is the first one to follow, Jesus, in that sense, the first to be there, we should also, we should really be looking at the heart of Andrew because it's really telling for us. See, at the heart of Andrew, Andrew was an evangelist. He was one that would bring people to see Jesus, somebody who's willing to lead people towards Jesus. In his time, this was actually pretty simple. It was actually a real physical thing to do. He would practically take people 
that he knew and bring them to Jesus so that they may see the person of Jesus, hear what he said personally, see the miracles, see the things that was happening and get to know Jesus in the same personal way that he knew. See, Andrew was an evangelist. See, this is not the only time. So when we, you know, Andrew pops up a number of times, not a huge number of times in, in in the Bible, in the New Testament account of of Jesus' life. But he pops up a number of times. And one of the key things that happens is that he does this evangelistic thing. He brings people to Jesus. It's the same as for us. That's the heart of what we should be doing. Let, Let me just jump into 1 John, back into 1 John 41 to 42 and see what this heart is. You know, Andrew went to find his brother. So he specifically sought out the person he thought needed to know Jesus Christ. He specifically sought out his brother Simon and told him that we have found the Messiah. He's told him, this is what we've been hoping for. I've found the Messiah, I've chosen one. This is life-changing. And then he brought, he didn't just go, I told you about it, and left it there. Then he physically brings Simon to meet Jesus. And it's actually take him to that point of meeting Jesus. And that's so important because that's the heart of the evangelist, is to not only just tell, but to bring them to meet Jesus. This is the heart of evangelist. It's the same for us when we think about it because God calls us to follow Jesus as disciples. See, God actually may be calling you just right now um, to come and have that same heart that Andrew had, to find people and bring them to Jesus. Is this what, this is what being an evangelist actually really is all about. It's about pointing people to Jesus, bringing them close to Jesus, helping them understand who Jesus is, give the message to them, specifically knowing who you are wanting to reach. We may not be able to actually bring them to the physical person of Jesus like Andrew was able to do, but we can bring them to the point where they can understand and know Jesus Christ personally like you know Jesus Christ personally. To share with them our experience of Jesus, to, to share with them the Bible accounts of Jesus. This is what it means to be an evangelist, to pray with them for their salvation. This is what it means to be an evangelist. And as I said, this is not the only time that Andrew appears within the, within the scriptures, within the Bible. You know, Andrew appears at other points in times, and times, and, but he, he appears bringing people to Jesus. This is what he tends to do. And this is why I want to say that at the heart of it, well, yes, he is the first one to follow Jesus of the 12 disciples. At the heart of it, Andrew is an evangelist. He brings people to Jesus. Let's have a look at another passage from John 12, verse 23 to 22, just specifically there. You know, some Greeks who come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip one of the disciples, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, sir, we want to meet Jesus. Now, you've got to kind of understand this. And, and, and this is why the name of Andrew being Greek is actually kind of important as well, because and, and understanding his, his cultural background and the heritage of being that, in that mixed environment. But you wouldn't normally take an outsider to see a, a Jewish rabbi. It would, wasn't that kind of thing. But here... 
Philip then told Andrew about that there are these people who are Greek who want to meet Jesus. And instead of going, no, you can't meet him because you're outside of our culture and he's our teacher and we don't want to get you close, what does Andrew do? He then takes them, Philip and the Greeks, and then takes them to go to Jesus. So he actually brings them to Jesus so that they may understand. See, this is the heart of the evangelist. Even the different cultures, it's, it's actually knowing that it's not just your culture, but the cultures around us that we need to speak into. We don't restrict people. We don't move them aside. But we keep them and allow them to come into a reality and an understanding of who Jesus is for their lives. Andrew brings people to Jesus. Andrew has a heart for evangelism. Andrew has this notion to to let people know who Jesus Christ is for them. See, if if you're actually in doubt of whether you're actually called to be an evangelist in your life, whether you're being called to bring somebody to Jesus, then you actually need to take a leaf out of Andrew's book and actually step up and do that. Not create an excuse why we can't, but step up and say, yes, let, let me show you Jesus Christ. Or let me talk about my experience of faith. Um, let me tell you why following Jesus is important for me. There are steps of evangelism that you can do. Yes, there are other modes of saying, I want to show you which passages in Scripture you need to know. And they're all important. But the person is the one that will lead people to Christ. See, everyone should know and everyone should come to Jesus. See, on another occasion, Andrew again brings a a, a young boy to Jesus. And this time it's all around the feeding of the 5,000. It's it's actually, they're looking around in the crowd, what's going on, and, and Andrew says... Andrew then, Simon Peter's brother, spoke and said, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. You know, but what good is that with such a huge crowd? Even, you know, he's kind of questioning this, but then he, you know, then bring the boy to me. The boy is coming. He's, he's identified somebody. It's the same thing, you know. What, what is it that we can identify with people around us that we can help bring them to Jesus so that amazing things can happen through Jesus Christ's miracles within people's lives. You know, just as, as Andrew brought this little boy to Jesus, just as Andrew brought the Greeks wanting to find Jesus and talk to them, just as Andrew brought his brother Simon to Jesus, so too we can bring people to Jesus. See, Andrew had at the heart of him a heart of evangelists, a heart to go out and bring people to Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we should be doing ourselves. I want, to st- I want to pause here for a moment. I want to just pray with each and every one of us today. I want to actually just pray that God is calling you, God is calling you right now to be a disciple. Maybe God is calling you to actually be an evangelist like Andrew. Maybe God is placing individuals upon your heart where you need to lead them, draw them, take them to know Jesus Christ. So let's just pray. Lord God, 
I pray today that your call upon our lives, your call to be a disciple, a call to follow you in all the ways of our lives, that that call might be like the call to Andrew to be an evangelist. May you place that call upon our lives. May our hearts ache and groan for people around us that they may know the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. They may come to know Jesus. They may come to see Jesus. Lord, help us to bring people to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Help us to be a disciple. Help us to be a follower. Help us to be somebody that has the heart of an evangelist. Oh Lord, we pray this in your holy name. Amen.